Thank you for coming. I want to talk today about the statement that the Faculty Council put out through their resolution at the University of Texas. I want to read a part of what they said. The Faculty Council resolution states that the Council will stand against any future intrusion on faculty authority by groups such as the legislature or the UT System Board of Regents. It also asked UT Austin President Jay Hartzell and UT Austin Provost Sharon Wood to say they will reject any attempts from other institutions to dictate the content of university curriculum. Apparently, this small group of professors, I say small because most of the professors at UT, as most of our schools around the state, do a really good job every day of educating students. They do what they're paid to do, what parents expect of them to do. But apparently this small group, they voted 41 to 5 for this resolution. They don't understand that we in the legislature represent the people of Texas. We are those who distribute taxpayer dollars. We are the ones who pay their salaries. The parents are the ones who pay tuition. And of course we're going to have a say in what the curriculum is. Of course we're going to have a say on behalf of the parents. If there are issues that the parents are unhappy with, that the taxpayers are unhappy with, or the legislators are unhappy with, or the Board of Regents. So the idea to say, but out of our business, it's none of your business, is wrong. Hiding behind this academic freedom argument just doesn't work. We believe in academic freedom, but everyone has guidelines in life. Everyone has barriers. Everyone has boundaries. Everyone's held accountable to someone. All of you are held accountable to someone, by someone, for what you write, what you do, what you say. If you go back, back at your TV station, we're all, we're all, all of our jobs, we're all held accountable. But they are saying we don't want to be held accountable and we will teach anything we want to any student any time we want, including critical race theory. Now, if they really wanted academic freedom, they should have taken note, these are all smart people, of what the legislature did this past session when we banned critical race theory from K through 12 schools, which has overwhelming support of all people in the state, all people in the state, not just one party. And they would have taken note of that and said, look, we want to know how we can teach race and our history and how we can do this in the confines that works. And they could have asked for an appointment with myself or Brandon Creighton, who's our chair of higher ed, or any number of people, and come to sit down and say, look, Let's work together on this to come up with the best outcome to teach our students. They didn't do that. We'd have been happy to listen to what they had to say because let's be very clear. Uh, on the Senate bill that we passed on critical race theory and the House bill that we passed, we didn't say you don't talk about race. We didn't say that you can't teach about slavery. We didn't say that you ignore our history. What we said is you're not going to teach a theory that says we're going to judge you when you walk in the classroom by the color of your skin. That if you're white, you were born a racist, that that's normal, not an aberration, and you're an oppressor. And if you are a person of color, you're a victim. 
you're a victim. You talk about tearing away a student, whether they're white or of color, their self-esteem, their dignity, their spirit, when they walk into a classroom, whether it's in K through 12 or in college. Our professors are paid to help teach young men and women how to think critically, not what to think. These professors, this small group, are paid to educate, not indoctrinate. You are tuning into Latino Politics and News with Tony Diaz on 90.1 FM, KPFT, Houston, Texas. The era of Hispandering is over. You are tuning in to a multi-platform broadcast of Latino politics and news. We air on 90.1 FM KPFT, Houston's community station. You can also watch us on Fox 26 Houston. I'm Tony Diaz, El Libro Traficante. Happy to join you here as well as on our other radio show, Nuestra Palabra, Latino Writers Have Their Say. Also enjoy joining you on What's Your Point on Fox 26 Houston. Today, we have an emergency broadcast because we have to convene to let people know that something is going down that can affect us profoundly. The main topic of today's special broadcast is, is Texas Republican Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick opposed to Mexican-American studies. And this question is really important, and we're just introducing this, and we're going to keep coming back to this issue because of a press conference that Dan Patrick just held and some policies that he's pushing at the University of Texas at Austin. This involves tenure. We'll talk more about what that means. Tenure for professors at the university getting rid of that, and also Dan Patrick wants to go after professors who are teaching critical race theory. This is a specific field of study at the university level, so forget all this mumbo-jumbo that the right wing has been playing with from the K-12 through level, because it doesn't exist there. It exists at the university level. And here's the main question. We need Dan Patrick to tell us if Mexican-American studies, especially at the university level, if that is CRT in his opinion or not. We're experts on this for many reasons. One, as part of Nuestra Palabra, we've been doing this sort of work going on 25 years. So let's remind folks that in 2012, right-wing Republicans in Arizona banned Mexican-American studies and then enforce that ban by going in the classroom and in front of young students, boxing up books by our most beloved teachers and professors. Here in Houston, we heard students telling the world that this was happening. And we joined our brothers and sisters in Tucson to smuggle the books that were outlawed on that curriculum back into Arizona. And we became Libertaficantes. Again, I want to tell folks that we are introducing this topic. We're getting it out to our community because they need to know the extent of this attack on intellectual freedom and on our community. 
but we're experts at dealing with this. So we will share more details as this goes on. I want you to know that we are on this. We want to let people know and get their reactions. There's so many questions that that's part of the approach in that it's so nebulous. It can be anything. So they fit all these things in these boxes, which is one thing for kindergarten to 12th grade, because that complicates it further because critical race theory is not really taught at those levels. It's different because now it's getting specific at the university level. And the other things I want to point out is that right at the same time as the um, this bogus critical race theory approach was evolving, there was a House Bill 1504 led by State Representative Cristina Morales that was pushing for Mexican-American history and African-American history to be counted towards high school graduation requirements in school districts that wanted to teach it, which is very powerful. It was actually supported by Republicans and Democrats. And that bill made history because it's one of the first ethnic studies bills that passed the, the House of uh, Representatives with Republican supporters, Republican co-signers and Democrat, the Democratic co-signers. It made it to the Senate, it made it out of the Education Committee, and then it got stuck. Here's why this ties into this. Um, that was a beautiful moment. You had Republicans and Democrats working together to support African-American history and Mexican-American history. However, then you had Republicans voting against it, and you had Dan Patrick, who did not allow the bill to get a vote on the Senate floor. I personally feel that it would have been supported by Republicans and Democrats. That's a great Texas. It's a fantastic Texas to imagine that there are people that can say, forget parties. No one party should be considered opposed to Mexican American studies or opposed to African American history. It should be supported by both because all the research shows that this helps students succeed. However, now we have to decide. Dan Patrick blocked that bill from getting a vote on the Senate floor. I think it would have been supported by both parties. Now we got we to gotta ask now at this stage, after Dan Patrick's statements, so did he choke out that bill because he's against Mexican-American history and African-American history? And now at the university level, does he consider African-American history and Mexican-American history CRT or not? I think this is a part then where Republicans have to let us know, are you for African-American history, Mexican-American history, or against it? And are you going to wrap it up in all the CRT stuff? New details, same oppression. And let's, let's, let's report where people voted on House Bill 1504. And Dan Patrick, do you, if you represent the Republican Party, are you saying that the Republican Party has your view? And exactly where does critical race theory stand in that? Richard Lowry, you all need to go interview him if you haven't. He has been speaking out in the last couple of days, he's a professor there, of how this is so far out of 
what the other professors at the university believe in. He said that professors today at UT, some, again, this is this group we're talking about, that they are activists first, and he said, at best, educators second, and maybe researchers. And here's a guy who shows up every day. He's brave for standing up because you know he's going to be criticized. And of course, I've already been criticized, which is interesting because if you question critical race theory and how it's being taught to indoctrinate students that racism is not an aberration but a normal thing that happens every day by certain people because they're born that way or you're a victim of it because the color of your skin. If you say anything about it, their academic freedom stops at the door. Oh, you can't criticize us. Can't criticize us. No one has any freedom to speak out, including other professors at that campus. They brought up the Liberty Institute, for example. The Liberty Institute has nothing to do with this. What I was saying in my tweet was, this is why we need the Liberty Institute. Because we had parents, we had business folks, grassroots folks that came to us and said, we need to teach courses on the values and principles of this country that we were founded upon, the Constitution, the Declaration of Independence. We want to teach about those issues. And they were willing to put up their hard-earned money, and they asked the state to put in money. I talked with the university. They were all on board. And many of these same people and others there came out against that. So academic freedom only goes for those who want to teach critical race theory. Apparently, it does not apply to those who want to teach about our Constitution and our Declaration of Independence or capitalism or Western culture. So it's... It's just amazing to me that they can get right in the face of the Board of Regents, the, the chair, the president, chancellor, the legislature, to tell us to go jump in a lake. We're not going to do that. So they've changed the details. It's the same oppression, but we schooled. We schooled the oppressors last time. We're ready to do that again. So folks, if you are a Lido Traficante from the past, get your sunglasses together, get your band books together. We're coming with the bus. We're coming with the band books. On that note, another first announcement. I do want to mention that um, um, I finished a book. It's coming out in August of this year. And it's called The Tip of the Pyramid, cultivating community cultural capital i'm bringing it up today because in that book i talk about the libro topic on the caravan i talk about nuestra palabra it's about community cultural capital even when i began writing it um, i was trying to avoid just chronicling what happened in the past because it's clear that these attacks happen again and again how far back this is actually a book that I started writing during the 500th year after, after the Spanish pirates invaded uh, the, the land of the Mexica and the Mexica government handed over governance of its government and people to the Spanish pirates. That was 500 years ago. And what they did is they burned the libraries and they burned the books. 
that happened in the past. Our legacy was burned. The books were burned. What's happening 10 years ago? Right-wing Republicans in Arizona banned Mexican-American studies. Let's point something out. Um, and I point this out too in the book. The heroes were the students of Tucson, the professors who came up with the curriculum, the people of Tucson who showed us how to be brave facing that sort of discrimination head on. All of us united, communities from the ground up, united across the Southwest, across the nation, to bring their energies together to overturn that racist law. And it was overturned. But we learned so much from it and from each other, and we're all connected still, so that now we can apply those same energies to this, this next era. Because there are so many similarities. But one big thing is the goal is to get the hands out of our the, the goal is to get books out of the hands of our youth. It's the goal is to erase our history. Think about this. The eraser of our history has been erased. If, if for the first time right now you're hearing that Mexican-American studies was banned 10 years ago and you didn't hear about it, why not? How did you not hear about our history and culture being obscured, erased under our noses in our time? That also means you didn't hear about a community coming together, pushing back and overturning that. understand the amount of pain the trauma that our community goes through with things like that the other thing is right now with these bands going on again we're going to dedicate more shows more time to talking about these bands um, and and to doing something about it but right now a lot of youth are standing up to those bands as well we'll bring their voices in we'll talk to them um, let's let's talk a little bit about another thing too because at the time Folks need to be reminded that the basis for the banning of Mexican American studies was very similar to some of the attacks right now um, uh, that are going on. Um, so, for example, one of the lines in the law used to ban Mexican American studies in Arizona was that it, pro it, it prohibited courses that promoted the overthrow of the government, which is ridiculous. And, and here's how that tactic works. If you are someone that doesn't know anything about the Mexican-American community and all you see are the portrayals and corporate entertainment, which means we're gangbangers, cartel members, etc. Well, when you hear that youth are being taught to overthrow the government, you're going to get scared. And if you were walk up to anybody in a grocery store and say, hey, should students overthrow the government? They're going to say no. So, uh, so that was a salacious attack that's really meant to scare people and, and be, be divisive. That was not the case. And for example, in the curriculum were books like The House on Mango Street by Sandra Cisneros, which was just one of the big read books here in Houston. So many people have read the book and love it. And if you've read the book, 
you know that there's nothing in there about being violent or overthrowing the government. It's about the American dream, having hope. It's a beautiful work of art. So, so that wasn't that wasn't an accurate portrayal. Let me show you something then too that is part of the portrayal of um, this notion of what CRT is or isn't that is uh, scaring people. Um, so here's a quote by Dan Patrick at a press conference. We didn't say, you know, talk about race. We didn't say that you can't teach about slavery. We didn't say that you ignore our history. What we said is that you're not going to teach a theory. I'm not going to touch that because <laughs> theories are <laughs> in math. That's okay. You're not going to teach a theory that says you're going to judge you when you walk in a classroom by the color of your skin. Um, okay. Of course not. I'm against that too. I, and I don't know any professor that teaches a theory that judges people when you walk in the classroom by the color of your skin. And in fact, if I saw a professor doing that, I would tell them not to do that. I'm not going to do that. I don't do that. That's not teaching. I don't know what that is. So, so Dan Patrick, you don't know anything about teaching or you were traumatized by that teacher. Nobody does that. And in fact, there's policies and laws to prevent that already. So I'd like to know who did that. And, and we can correct that person from doing it. That's not how you teach. Secondly, um, he wants to get rid of some theory that he thinks says that if you're white, you were born a racist and that that's normal, not an aberration, and you're an oppressor. And if you're a person of color, you're a victim. It's fascinating that he is using the word person of color. So all of a sudden, <laughs> he he's trying to adopt progressive terms, which he doesn't understand the meaning of. And I shouldn't laugh because the rest of the statement, um, there is no theory. I've never heard of this theory. Again, uh, I am a practitioner of Mexican American studies. I have advanced degrees. I am uh, a progenitor of Mexican American literature. I write books that are studied. I am in books that are studied. Um, this is actually the, the a book. This is an example of critical race theory. This is Critical race theory. This is not, um, uh, you know, imaginary discussions of it. This is the book. It says critical race theory. Uh, and you've got Richard Delgado and Jean Stefanik. Um, Richard Delgado has written about the Libro Traficantes in his books on critical race theory. I can promise you, having read the works, nowhere does it say if you're white, you're born a racist, and that's normal, that's not an aberration. Um, I have never seen that in a book of critical race theory by Dr. Delgado. It does not exist. Here's my point. That statement by an elected official sounds exactly like the statements by the right-wing Arizona Republicans who banned Mexican-American studies when they said that Mexican-American studies promoted the overthrow of the government. Okay? It does not. That, that does not happen. Now, at the university level, you can't, you can't bully professors the way you're bullying kindergarten parents and kindergarten kids, uh, you know. So he's going to have to show exactly what that means.
So what has happened in this last year in this country? The woke left just continues to go too far. For example, was there a need for reform in the criminal justice system? Yes. But that doesn't mean you let people out with 40 arrests to go back out on the street and commit more crimes. It doesn't mean you let people that you've arrested for attempted murder or rape or other serious crimes back out on the street to kill more people. It doesn't mean that you defund the police. They went too far. They went too far. On this issue, now they're going too far. They went too far on transgender students. Every student should be protected and, and have a right. I don't believe, of course, in the surgery for young children, and, and, and we passed two bills to stop that. We consider that child abuse. But if you're, if you're, an, old, if you're an adult, if you're an older child, we want to protect those children from harassment. But they said, oh, no, we want all these kids to play sports, girls' sports. And if girls lose scholarships or lose their records or don't have room on the team, that they went too far. And, people, and, and the American public stood up and said, no. American people said, no, we want to fund police. We want to keep bad people off the streets. The woke left is wrong. We don't want our girls' opportunities taken away from them. They went too far. And now on this, they've gone too far. And so we in the legislature have responded on those other issues. We stopped defunding the police. We're not allowing boys to play sports, girls' sports in school. And we're going to address this. So I want to address an issue of what we're going to do, what I plan to do. And I've talked to Brandon Creighton, our great chair of higher ed. I have his support on this issue. In fact, you may not remember, but we actually had a hearing on these two issues during session, last session, kind of a foundation to begin talking about the key word, tenure. Tenure. It's time that that comes to an end in Texas. Right now, tenure is you're reviewed about every six years. And pretty much anything you do in those six years, there's nothing the university can do about it. We can't fire you. There's nothing they can do about it. They don't have to listen to the Board of Regents. And I talk to Board of Regents members all over the state. Uh, I talk to those who lead universities, and, and most of them won't come out publicly, but I can tell you they think the tenure has outlived its time because they don't have control of their own universities. So what we will propose to do is end all tenure for all new hires. And then instead of being reviewed every six years, under Education Code 51. 942, I believe it is. I may be wrong on that decimal point. Uh, we will, under Section D, dealing with good cause, that you can be removed for good cause, we will add language to that that will clarify that the law says tenure could be revoked if good cause is determined to be present. That is, the law will change and say teaching critical race theory is prima facie evidence of good cause for tenure revocation. We are not going to allow a handful of professors who do not, do not represent the entire group to teach and indoctrinate students with critical race theory, that we are inherently racist. 
as a nation. We're not going to allow it to happen. We will change those rules. We will, again, take tenure to be reviewed annually. I mean, how many of you, how many of you in this room got hired and, and you can do anything you want for the next six years? Show up for work, not show up for work? Do your job, not do your job? Do a bad job? Anyone watching at home? Anyone have a six year? There's some work contracts, but work contracts can be broken for cause. So tenure to these professors who voted 41 to 5, telling the taxpayers and the parents and the legislature and your own board of regents to get out of their business, that we have no say in what you do in the classroom, um, you've opened the door for this issue because you went too far. And we're going to take this on. It'll be a top priority. We'll have interim hearings on it. Um, and that will be the plan. I'm Tony Diaz, a Libre Traficante. Happy to host right now. And like I mentioned, today's a special broadcast to catch people up to speed on where we're at with the movement, let you know what is brewing. But we're going to be helping people understand this throughout the year. And as we mentioned, the timing is perfect because we have the 10-year celebration of the Libre Traficante Caravan that we mentioned. We're experts at this. We see the patterns. And we won before. We're going to win again. We, there are some differences, though. There are a couple differences, and and some of them uh, were. And one thing I do explain in the uh, in the book, Tip of the Pyramid: Cultivating Community Cultural Capital. One tactic that we were employing at that time, uh, back during the uh, banning of mixed market studies by Arizona officials, was to contain that to one state, and. That was important so that it be the concentration of effort would be in the lawsuit in Arizona. Um, there were moments, including actions by Dan Patrick uh, and other Republicans, where it was clear that Republicans in Texas were testing some of the actions of the right wing Republicans from Arizona and using it. Um, you know, I document that in the book. We'll talk about it in other shows. But the main point is that there were certain people in Texas ready to copy what Arizona was doing. We were able to catch these details because we were studying all aspects of it. This is different now because this so-called anti-CRT campaign is in several states. So that means we have to answer that movement with our movement. And we're great at creating a movement. The movement is spreading right now. We don't want people to get discouraged. Once you know that planning is happening, feel free to get in touch with us. We want to unite. But at the end of the day, let's get something clear. This is about everybody sharing their voice. Dan Patrick says we want to make white people feel bad or that they're oppressors. That is not the case. I'm a writer. I'll personally let you know. I want everybody to tell their story. We demand that everybody have a chance to tell their story. We just want to let you know that our stories have been attacked. And right now, it's Dan Patrick who seems to be attacking it. And I want to get to the bottom of this. So, you know, he can say that some people are doing imaginary things. I'm here to find out if Dan Patrick 
is going after Mexican-American studies. And if he's going after Mexican-American studies, that means he's also going after African-American studies. So this is pretty clear. Dan Patrick, are you attacking Mexican-American studies? And do you consider Mexican-American studies and African-American studies CRT? Because that has to be clarified, especially when you're making policies that can cost professors their jobs. And here's the worst thing. They're going to water down education in Texas. They're going to make Texas the laughing stock of a global society. This is supposed to be the country with the best education on the planet. Critical race theory that really came into prominence really this year, as you know, even in this session, uh, or last year, about 1989, but it's been around for a long time. It's kind of an offshoot of critical legal studies, which is an offshoot of a socialist program that everything that happens in life is based on racism. Every court decision is based not on the law or what the jury says, but on racism. That everything that happens in the workplace is based on racism. That everything, that everything that happens is based on racism. That's what critical race theory is, that it's, that it's normal in this country, and that it's not an aberration. And so when you say that it's not being taught, according to Richard Lowry, um, who has spoken out, a professor who's been brave to stand up, he has said not only is it being taught, if you don't believe in it, you may not graduate. You may fail your class. You may, as a student, if you don't accept There's one thing, Rudy, about teaching different theories on many things. But when I tell you as a student, you must believe this theory, or you don't graduate, or you don't get promoted, because you're not following the doctrine, that's a whole different issue. So we're not talking about not talking about race in America or slavery in America, one of the worst sins in our country, along with abortion in our nation. We're talking about looking, when I look at all of you, when I look at my senators, I don't see black people and white people and brown people. I see senators or people who work in the media. That's who I see, and that's who most of America sees, whether they're white, black, or brown. President Paul, do you plan on enumerating instead of just saying CRT, if someone is violating this. Yeah, we will work that out through the legislation. We did it very well in Senate Bill 3 in the, in the House bill. I forget the number that passed earlier. Um, but this idea that the professors, a small group of professors, think they can take over a college campus, if they want to do that, and if they want to teach some and indoctrinate students with a particular theory, whatever it is, that if you don't believe in what they tell you, you can't even get out of their class, well, I'm going to go to a private school. Let them raise their own funds to teach. But we're not going to fund them. I'm not going to pay for that nonsense. And the people will be behind us on this. I've had so much support from my pushback on them, from donors from UT, UT, big donors who said, I'm done with them. They're not getting any more of my money. 
from parents who say, thank you for standing up. People are livid about this. You know, it was bad enough to be in K through 12, but education of a young person doesn't stop in year 12. It goes on through year 13, 14, 15, and 16 in higher ed. One more question. Yeah. Okay. Can you draw a distinction between teaching these concepts in, say, elementary school and teaching them to adults at university? No, because I don't want, whether you're in the fourth grade or whether you're a freshman in college, I don't want you to walk into my classroom and you to consider yourself an oppressor and a racist just because you're white or that you're a victim and that anything you have in life depends on someone else and not your own self because you're a person of color. And one of the things that Richard Lowry talked about on Fox today, he said they took a $100,000 grant that the state gave them to help prepare critical race theory teachings for the fourth grade. The University of Texas better get out of that business. They better watch the money we send them and what they do with it. The University of Texas working on, according to Richard Lowry, a professor who should know, they need to get out of that business. That's not, that's not what we're paying professors for. So I'm glad you brought that. I'll take one last question because you were nice to yeah. wait. Go ahead. Quick follow-up to that, Lieutenant Governor. Yes. What would you say to critics who say that universities are not comparable to K-12 in the sense that Students are paying to go to that school. They're selecting their courses and their majors, so choosing to be in such a class where said CRT is being taught. Parents will have that option of letting their students go to another school. Look, UT is a great school. They've got great professors. But the school is being run over by this small group of professors around the country. By the way, UT, I think, was the 12th school to do this in the country, uh, 11th or 12th. All of those others are in blue states except one, and Ohio is the other state. They apparently just haven't figured it out yet. But all these are other blue states. Um, this is a, a template that they basically sent out that was prepared by an organization whose founders are some of the founders of critical race theory movement in this country, including one of the ladies who actually coined the term CRT. So this is something that was handed down by a national organization to teach critical race theory, and they want to put it in higher education all across the country. And parents don't want their children to be indoctrinated about who their child is, no matter what color their child is, because of the color of their skin. They are trying to, the critical race theory people are trying to take us back to a divided country. I'm old enough that I grew up through that time. I remember as a kid, it's a long time, it's vague memories. But I remember colored drinking fountains and white drinking fountains. I remember that time. I remember that when I was a kid in high school, that I had a 13 or 14 piece Motown band, and I had four black singers, and they would come to my house in the 60s and practice because we had the big basement. And some neighbors said to my mother, why are you letting those black boys in your house on the street? And I remember my mother telling her to mind her own business. I remember my father coming home, who was a truck driver, and said, on the road between Baltimore and Philadelphia one time, a black family said to him, would you mind going into this store or this diner and getting me some food for my family because I'm not allowed in? Those are the things that can be taught about this terrible racism that happened in this country. That's not what we're taught. We're not trying to hide that. That needs to be brought out. People, young people need to understand there was a time in this country. We can't go back to that. But it's, what they're talking about is totally different. They're talking about 
you're a racist, period. Because of the color of your skin, you're the oppressor or you're the victim. And that's only going to divide people. So they can hide behind academic freedom all they want, but we're not going to put up with it here. And we're going to pass this legislation and we're going to do something about tenure. You know, we have to start winding it down for this special broadcast, but I will add this then. What, what's clear to me is that this is not a new attack, but because of what the work we did as a community uh, back, back 10 years ago, we know some of the details, we spot them. And it seems to me that the folks that are plotting against the success of our education are plotting at 10-year clips. Ladies and gentlemen, I think some folks in our community, some folks in the Latino community, they may hear this and think, you know what, I, this is, I'm not going to get involved. I'm, I'm not going to get involved right now. This is, you know, hurtful against the community, but, you know, I need to keep working hard. Um, you know, I'm going to keep my head down and, you know, uh, I will support people from behind the scenes. In the past, people did that because each generation could succeed because that generation that I'm describing right now worked hard. You know, we're, we're famous for working hard. We're famous for breaking our backs. My dad broke his back, but he always told me, I'm breaking my back so you won't have to. I'm breaking my back so you can work in an office. I'm breaking my back so you will go to school. Here's the problem. When we see elected officials banning our history and culture, sabotaging education. The one way our community can advance is through education. Now you have elected officials who are taking over states and imploding the education system. I want our community to understand that what seems to be at stake is that the next generation can no longer be expected to succeed and do better than the generation before them. And right now is the moment we have to stand up and speak up to demand that we have access to education, intellectual freedom, so that our youth can progress and prosper. This is no indoctrination. We want them to grow up and be free thinkers whatever political party they may choose to be from. But if there's a political party against us, I want to know which one it is right now.